Hi, this is your host, Corbin. And I'm out. And this is your guide for Denis Villeneuve's Dune, part one. Listeners, if I sound a little bit under the weather, it's because I am. I just wanted to give you a heads up before we get into your guide. Not doing too well, but I am on some medicine. So hopefully the next time you hear me, it won't be for the actual review for Dune because we're recording these back to back. But hopefully the week after I will sound a little better. Also, listeners, if you want to hear our previous guides and reviews for the other Dune movies, those are linked below. Once the Sci-Fi Channel adaption of the first three books had faded from memory, Paramount Pictures acquired the rights in 2008 with Peter Berg set to direct, but he left the project in late 2009 to helm Battleship with Pierre Morel. Does that name sound familiar, Alan? I can see your... The cogs working. Kind of, yeah. I was mostly focused on Battleship. He moved on to do that <laughs> movie. Mm. Yeah, not a uh, not greener pastures. Some no. would say. Well, Pierre Morel is the director of Taken. Oh That's yeah, why it sounds familiar. Yeah, and we just reviewed all three Taken movies earlier this year, so mm-hmm. we will link to those down below as well. He came on to the project early in 2010. Ultimately, in early 2011, Paramount called it quits on the project despite rights holder Richard Rubenstein, listen to your guide for Frank Herbert's Dune to learn all about that, he was on board with Morel's vision, actually, but Paramount felt spending four years on the project was long enough, and of course, budgetary concerns, Rubenstein was eyeing at least a $100 million budget. So, as of this recording, well... As of a couple days ago when I wrote these numbers down, it's been three years, 11 months, and 25 days since Blade Runner 2049 debuted in the U.S. Many were speculating at the prospects of Blade Runner 3. I know that's something Alan and I were wondering about when we reviewed that film almost four years ago. But Denis had been approached by Legendary Pictures all the way back in 2016 to direct a new adaption of Dune. He was very apprehensive at the monumental task. I mean, who wouldn't be? But he had to first get Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 under his belt since he was already signed on to do both pictures. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was in the middle of Arrival anyways. It was confirmed February 2017 by Brian Herbert himself, Frank Herbert's son, that Denis would direct the film. So Denis did retain many of his collaborators from his previous films, but the surprising missing figure here is Roger Deakins on cinematography. Deakins was busy winning the Oscar for Best Cinematography for Sam Mendes 1917. I remember when we learned that Deakins was not coming back for cinematography, I was very, very apprehensive Yeah, because Blade Runner is such a gorgeous film. But Denis ended up going with Greg Frazier instead, who pre- who was previously nominated for Lion. Don't remember much about that movie. I've seen that one. It was all right. The one thing that did give me hope is that Frazier was the cinematographer on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which Alan and I actually reviewed... I think the oh, audio nice. version maybe maybe hit the light of day the or the video version I don't remember but it's possible that review actually never came out cuz I think I forgot to edit some some things out concerning cream sodas or something <laughs> but nevertheless he did Rogue One he also did Zero Dark 30 
I think Rogue One is an incredible looking Star Wars film, maybe one of the best. Uh, the visuals on that were great. Yeah, I'm, it's been years since I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it since we reviewed it, honestly. Um, I remember looking pretty good. The Lion is not mm -hmm. is exactly a movie that I'd say really shows, you know, what he can do. Yeah, um, that's true. That's very much a drama. It looks good from what I remember, yeah. but I haven't seen that one since it was nominated for Oscars. Or I think this was an Oscar back in the day. But Denny's ties with Dune go back 40 years. Oh, because wow. when he was 13 years old, that's when he first read the book. And he fell in love with the book. It sparked his imagination. Him and his friend were trying to be young filmmakers with storyboards and all kinds of stuff at that point. And he did end up seeing Lynch's version when um, he was young. He didn't like that Lynch deviated so much from the book. And he did really love some parts of it. He calls Lynch, David Lynch, the master. So clearly he has a lot of respect for David Lynch, mm -hmm. but Denis was wondering, had been wondering for years who would do another adaption. And he got so tired of waiting. He just decided to do it himself. <laughs> Fair enough. So when they were approaching pre-production on the film, Denis took Frank Herbert's original novel and considered that his Bible. He didn't, he didn't want to deviate from it and you, he didn't want to really add anything to it, you know, and that's just kind of what Christians view as the Bible as you don't really mess with it. And so he was kind of taking the same approach of not messing with the source material. So when he, whenever he would hit a wall or his creative team would hit a wall, he just carried the book around with him wherever he went and they would go back to the original book. And he was also really trying to go back to his uncorrupted images from adolescence. I know when I've read a book many, many years ago when I was an adolescent and then I come back and read it as an adult, I don't quite conjure up the same images that I did. So I, I actually found that to be a very interesting thing. He was really trying to get back to that awe-inspiring youthful perspective on the book. He was also really trying to stay away from Star Wars, anything that would make people think Star Wars because... I mean, Star Wars had has so much in our cultural zeitgeist right now. Mm. Any space epic is just going to be compared to Star Wars. I mean, ironically, first thing out of the movie, I asked my wife what she thinks of it. And she was like, yeah, it was just kind of just like Star Wars. There was like <laughs> that guy was like Emperor Palpatine. And this one guy was kind of like Luke. And, you know, I'm like, <sighs> I was like, well, this is actually where Lucas got his ideas from. Lucas heavily drew from the original novel dune bringing those ideas into star wars right so originally dune when denis signed on it was he always signed on with it being a two-part movie he knew putting the story into one movie would be a big mistake but he felt the studio was cold to the idea of funding both parts of the movie at the same time since blade runner 2049 wasn't a box office success as the studio wanted it to be. So he was actually very grateful to get a break between shoots because he was considering shooting both back to back if they greenlit both films at the same time. But then he realized that it just wouldn't end up killing him because this was such an intense long shoot. So he's actually grateful for the break, but he was also very nervous that what would happen if 
Dune Part 2 doesn't get greenlit, which we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Um, as for shooting locations, they did shoot in Jordan, same place as Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I gotta say, I think the Jordan location looks a lot better than Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Star Wars also shot there. There's another movie that also shot in Jordan. You're probably right. Yeah, uh, so Star Wars Rise of Skywalker shot there. Uh, so Rogue One, Prometheus shot there. So The Martian also yeah. shot there. So it seems mm -hmm. to be a pretty popular spot with more modern films. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's interesting. For the Caladan scenes, those were shot in Norway, I believe. Mm -hmm. And everything else was, anything not outside was built on gigantic sets. I mean, they really built a lot of the stuff. They would build it 30 feet high, which oftentimes the camera isn't going to be that high, but sometimes they really wanted to just capture the full scope of it and really Denis doesn't really like green screen. So he wanted to shoot everything in camera as much as possible, which mm -hmm. I got to really appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, COVID-19 threw a wrench in post-production like it did like every other movie yeah. that was supposed to come out last year. Even before that, Dune needed more time in the oven because it was moved from Friday, December 18th, 2020 to Friday, October 1st, 2021, a gap of nine months and 13 days. And finally, it was pushed back another 21 days until its final theatrical release in the US. Yeah, I remember that. Because when we were going to record it, um, we were going to record it whenever it was going to come out a year ago. And we had it all set mm -hmm. up. And of course, COVID hit and we're like, maybe Dune will be okay. Maybe it'll still come <laughs> out. And then they pushed it back. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, we'll make We'll schedule around it so we know we can do it. I'm sure at this point it'll be fine. And then they got pushed back a little bit farther because it was at the beginning of October and they moved it back to the 22nd of October this year. And we're like, ah, yeah. all right. I don't think I messed with it too much, but I remember when they moved it back. That was a big thing. Yeah, that was a kind of a tough blow. I was in the middle of rereading the book and come to find out I'm not going to be able to see it for almost another year for a good three quarters of a year. That yep. was a uh, that was tough because I was really looking forward to it. But as of this recording, we have not got to the Oscars yet, but I fully expect to see this at the Oscars next year nominated for many awards. And when we do come back in two Octo two more Octobers for Dune part two, we'll be able to talk about and see what kind of awards Dune won. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this will make the rounds of the Oscars. So as far as scores and box office go, it should come as no surprise that people are just going crazy over this movie. People are just outright loving it. That, yeah, that is no surprise at all. I kind of figured as much. I know that <laughs> when Doom was coming out, there were a lot of people that were talking about it. Um, and then everyone was wanting to see it when it did come out. So what, what kind of numbers did it make for its opening weekend run? So opening weekend, it was number one at the box office grossing $41 million dollars. Keep in mind for a Denis movie, this is his highest opening weekend to date, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely high for him. Um, what's the budget for this? I know it's definitely pretty high, um, but I'm guessing mm -hmm. it's not. I'm guessing it's much higher than $40 million. Yeah, so the budget for this movie is the biggest budget he has ever worked with. 
It is $165 million, which is $15 million more than Blade Runner 2049. So while 165 is still a good-sized budget, it's still not as big of a budget as we've seen with some Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, mm-hmm. with of some um, Avengers movies have you know almost five times as much to work with. But nevertheless, a pretty good budget. And the good thing is, is that it's already made its budget back. Domestically, it's so far the same numbers that I had for opening weekend. Um, in the foreign markets, 182.2 million for a worldwide gross of 223.2 million dollars as of this recording. Gotcha. So yeah, I know that overseas got it before we did, um, but those mm-hmm. yeah, the, those four numbers are definitely looking a lot better. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it's only been in for one week, so. I'm curious to see where what'll end up being the domestic box office. I wonder if it'll hit its budget domestically. I'm I'm sure that it probably will at some point. But after what happened with uh, with Blade Runner, hopefully it does a lot better than what happened there because that one I know had a huge budget and didn't do so hot in the box office. Even though the movie was great, the box office returns were not great. My prediction is that Dune will at least recoup its money domestically. Because it is way more talked about than Blade Runner ever was, which was a sequel to a film 35 years prior or whatever. This one, on the other hand, is kind of the big it movie right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's talking about it. It's got huge numbers. It's doing incredibly well overseas. It's his widest release yet. The other thing is, is that this did open on HBO Max as well which likely took right. a chunk out of opening weekend box office. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, that is also something to very much consider that HBO Max uh, released. It released on Thursday this time. Um, yeah. Along with a theatrical release. So I'm sure that will affect the box office numbers because I don't think that there's, I still don't think that there's any like formal way to, show the box office equivalent on a streaming platform. That is true. Thankfully, HBO Max was saying that they weren't going to just look at box office numbers. They were going to look at HBO Max. They're going to look at the whole spiel when it comes to green lighting the sequel. And thankfully, on Tuesday, October 26th, Legendary and Warner Brothers greenlit Dune Part 2 for a release of October 20th, 2023. So mm-hmm. we will be getting the sequel in about two years from this time, a little under two years. Um, the other thing that is kind of funny is this wasn't Tim- Timothy Chalamet's only movie coming out this weekend, actually. Oh, really? What, uh, what else was he in? He was also in The French Dispatch, which I believe is a oh. Wes Anderson film. Yeah, that's the next Wes Anderson film. I forgot he was in that. So it only opened up in 52 theaters. So it was more of a limited um, run, opened number yeah. nine at the box office. Yeah, that makes sense. What what came out bef- a week before this? Well, funny you ask, because our prediction was Halloween Kills would get buried by Dune, and yeah. it completely did. What what place is it in now? So it did drop to number two, but the real number is, is that it lost 70% of its gross from the week prior. Okay. I mean, usually it's not too uh, out of the ordinary to lose anywhere between 30 and 
40 percent mm -hmm. from opening weekend to the week after that but 70 percent that's a lot of money yikes yeah Oof. it's almost three three-fourths of it so we predicted halloween kills would get swamped it has dropped to number two no time to die is bumped down to number three venom let there be carnage is still hanging on in the top five it has been bumped down to number four it's been out for a month and a movie called Ron's Gone Wrong, which I don't know what that is at all. 20th Century Studios mm -hmm. film opened at number five. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that that came out this week, too. I heard of that was also coming out. So as for scores go, it is incredibly impressive. And what gave me hope was this wasn't fake Batman v Superman numbers where it comes out and it has like a 9.1 on IMDb. And this was, I think, before IMDb kind of changed the algorithm because it was like considered like the 10th greatest movie of all time. And I was completely getting mm -hmm. my hopes up. These numbers um, are well into the tens of thousands at this point, if not hundreds of thousands of ratings since it has been out for a while overseas. It currently is holding strong at an 8.3 on IMDb. Yeah. This has gone down a little bit from... When I first saw it, like I think by point one of a, I think that's a, when I watched it come out, it was at an eight point four, mm -hmm. and so it went down to an eight point three. Um, of course, it's going to change, and it'll change again, I'm sure. But still, with that many ratings, um, and being you know at an eight point three, a really high score, it's no surprise that uh, you know it's not probably didn't move to a whole lot. Um, I, I think I saw that it was also technically on the top 250 list. It is. Um, I don't know how much of how big of a grain of salt you want to take that with, but <laughs> right now, since it just came out, but yeah, that is true. Um, I guess out of two over 200,000 ratings, it is at an 8.3 considered the 127th mm -hmm. greatest film of all time at this point. Yeah, we'll see if that moves or not. I'm guessing it probably will. But I'm guessing it, it might stay on the list. I think it'll stay on the list because this 8.3 is actually tied with, this is his highest rated IMDb film currently, only tied with Incendies, which also has an 8.3, but that right. only has 160,000 um, user reviews and it's considered, it's on what, number 109 on the list. So I, I think Dune's there to stay. It, on Letterbox, it has a 4.1, which actually ties it with Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, and Prisoners, only to be beat out hmm. currently by Incendies with a 4.3. So Incendies is still holding on strong, considered one of the, probably with the best Denis films so far in terms of overall ratings. It is. Um, Metascore tells somewhat of a different story. Um kind of somewhere in the middle i suppose with the 74 which is still mm -hmm. very good but it denis has four other films that are in the 80s um and only one other film that has a straight 70 74 is not bad it's just not hitting the numbers of his last three films um same with rotten tomatoes yeah. it has a 84 percent certified fresh which is still coming down from its last three films, but it does have a 91% audience score, 
which is um, his second highest audience score. And this is verified ticket holders out of the theater. The only um, other one, which is not verified, but um, in Cindy's, 92%. It's just 1% higher. Gotcha. So it's pretty clear that audiences love it mm-hmm. and critics very much enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it seems like audiences do enjoy it more than critics do, yeah. but it, this is by no means anybody's saying it's a bad film. Everyone seems to be really, really liking it. It is fairly rare nowadays for something to come out to this much critical acclaim, I would say. Um, something that achieves this high of score this fast. I mean, even Christopher Nolan's latest film, Tenant, currently has a 7.4 with a 69 meta score. And clearly, Denis is starting to kind of, you know, take overtake Nolan, I would say, as far as name recognition goes, I would say, as far as scores go. Um, because Tenant, I think, his last one, we reviewed it, but it only got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is not certified fresh with a 76% audience score. I think that's saying something that's very interesting. Well, the only last score is Cinema Score. It got an A minus, which I think is pretty impressive for a high concept two and a half hour sci-fi movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I honestly, I was expecting it to be probably in the mm-hmm. B range, only because uh, Cinema Score tends to really enjoy <laughs> uh, more Hollywood-based pictures. And when when I say that, I mean like Marvel and stuff, right? Um, this is not quite the same thing. So I am a little bit surprised that it's an A minus. It's still maybe a little bit lower than I feel it should be, but uh, still, it is impressive. Yeah, it is tied with Sicario and Blade Runner 2049. So tied for the best as far as cinema score goes. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for joining me, Alan. I'll see you on Monday. Sure thing. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Dune Part 1, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as I jump to the grid for Tron. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.